what's up everyone it's 4 p.m which means it's 8 p.m it's 4 a.m it's 3 p.m it's 1 p.m and as always it's anytime anywhere brought to you by mango cart because today is not a mo uh sprunk day it is a beer day because i'm not drinking as many energy drinks this week i drank one yesterday i drink i did not drink one the day before i drank two the day before that today is a not energy drink day i'm actually replacing the sprunks in the sprunk fridge slowly with beer we'll get back to the beer in a minute I want to start by saying that I'm recording this for a second time now because my dumbass recorded the first attempt at this and I was really proud of it. I was like, yay, we had a good time. We had stuff to talk about. And apparently my phone was connected to my helmet in the living room and I didn't notice until I went to edit it and upload it and there was no audio. And I was like, shit, I got to redo the entire episode. So here we are for the second time because I'm a dumbass. Now, First of all, I got a $3 case of beer. How did I do that? Well, Bud Light Anheuser-Busch is running a 15, it's running a Memorial Day sale until the end of the month where you can get a $15 rebate when you buy a 15 count or larger case of beer. So I got a 15 pack of Tall Boys, 16 ounces. It's 18 bucks. Get my $15 rebate in the mail, it'll be three bucks. $3 case of beer. And Kyle was giving me all the, ooh, ooh, you know, we don't like that beer, blah, blah, blah. Listen, $3 for a case of beer is $3 for a case of beer. I'm drinking a mango cart. I am slowly filling my Sprunk fridge with beer because I don't know if I'm going to buy any more Sprunk. Um, I will give Sprunk a one thing. Well, I, it was coffee today, but man, this shift was dragging this morning. I was suffering so hard. And I drank a coffee, and then all of a sudden the day went, I was the end of my shift. So I was like, does caffeine... Um, make your internal clock go faster. Kind of like Mellow's, not Mellow's, Uta's dad in in, the, in Mellow. Um, and yes, it does, apparently. That was the first thing that came up in Google when I searched it, is that caffeine increases your internal clock. So, didn't read about how, apparently it does that. So, Sprunk makes my day end quicker, which is a great thing. But again, less Sprunk, because that's what we promised, which means more beer! Woohoo! I'm not going to start drinking more beer. I had a long day at work. All sorts of random crap. And the thing was... Oh, let me see if I can... Where is my phone? I'm going to see if I can... Because as I was telling you guys the first time, I was erasing from my checklist all of my ideas. Problem is, now I can't undo the erasing and find all the ideas again. So, one thing I remember is that apparently I'm a manager now. Because there's an MG next to the names, I guess, when you're a manager. I wasn't sure of that. And I had to verify it. And so all the other MGs on the schedule, all the other shifts with an MG, were all with manager-type people, which are there at the top of the schedule. Like, the managers are separate from the regular associates. So all of the MGs are up on their shifts. And then there's one on mine. So I'm like, oh, I'm a manager now? Would have been nice to know when I clocked in. Could have got that extra money. But no. So, yeah. Um... No, I'm trying to re-record my show because I, no. Anyways, um, Kyle just tried to barge in here and I fucking forgot what I was talking about. Okay, so we talked about being a manager, which I'm not. We talked about the beer and the beer sale. We talked about, <laughs> I don't remember what else I was going to talk about. No, I actually wrote all of this stuff down and I have no idea what I was going to say. I'm sure it'll come back to me after I do the show because all my notes here that I typed um, 
oh well, that, that was all I had. I thought I had other stuff. So, what else happened today? We drank coffee. The day went by fast. We didn't drink Sprunk. We bought beer, replacing beer in the beer fridge. I'm not a manager. I ate a pretzel. Um, now I have to, and it's been a long freaking day because, oh yeah, so I'm tired as hell because, you know, I came home last night. I normally work second shift, but I had to work in the morning today. Couldn't go to sleep till like two in the morning. Had to wake up at seven. Now I still have to do a whole bunch of chores and crap. And then maybe finally get to sit down and relax. I don't know. Also have to prepare and invite everybody for MNS Monday live in person for my birthday, as we talked about. Um, yeah, so there's that. I also want to talk about, the, like, I think this was the biggest thing, unless I forgot something else that I was talking about. But the biggest thing was with the airplane. As you guys have all heard about, there was an airplane crash in North Perry. Big surprise. And the first thing is, I found it in the Sun Sentinel. It's like, let me tell you, Sun Sentinel is just terrible journalism. Honestly, they took the bar, and instead of lowering it, they dug a hole and buried it. Like, no, that is not journalism. I can write a more complete story myself. So, they're talking about the plane crash, and they said, well, first and foremost, I can't believe people spend four and a half dollars for the Sun Sentinel. That's ridiculous. These, this, the journalism is terrible. Um, they're, these one people, they're like, oh, we don't know who owned the plane. I could tell you who owned the plane, and I'll get to that in a minute, because I'm going to talk about the crash in a minute. But first, I want to talk about the journalism of the story. So instead of interviewing, you know, actual pilots or experts in the field, they were just like, hey, we're going to interview the random guy on the side of the street that was smoking a cigarette, or the lady that was standing across the street on the other side and saw it happen from a distance. That's not who you interview for a story. You're supposed to interview people that were actually there and and involved in the story or experts in the field. Like, if you're going to write a piece about airplanes, then talk to some people that know stuff about airplanes. Like, why are you writing... Why are you using just a random store manager from a store where the... What? It's not even related. Who cares what they think? They don't know anything. And, like, they're like, oh, we think that the plane... That the person who was flying the plane was trying to get out of the way of traffic. Well, that's cool. Were you listening to the comms? No. Were you in the plane with the pilot? No. Did you... Are you a professional in the field? No. So who cares what you think? Shut up. So, yeah. On to this story. There was a Aerial Banners plane. It was a yellow plane. So that's how you know Aerial Banners. Because there's only two banner outfits at the field. Um, an Aerial Banner plane. And... I think they had an engine failure, but I don't know. They had something, and they came down, and they crashed. Um, You know, no survivors, whatever. So the thing about this, uh, trying to figure out what went wrong, I think it was a stall, and, and people are just like, they did the heroic thing. They were trying to avoid, you know, causing bigger accident or something by going in a less crowded area. So my thought was no, because they could have had probably, le- I was talking about this with somebody else, you know, it's better to land and hit a car, you know, at a slower speed, and the car is obviously going to slow down if they see the plane coming down. But that's better than, you know, what probably happened where they stalled and just plummeted to the ground and exploded, as you saw. 
because, you know, if they hit a car, sure, more people may get injured than just the pilot, but everybody probably could have walked away from that alive, and it would have just been loss of property. But, you know, uh, and then it's like, well, why did this happen? I think it was an engine failure and then a stall. And, you know, the two things you're taught as a student pilot is not to stall and what to do in an engine failure. So, first of all, in the case of a stall, you put the stick forward because you need air, you need airspeed. Because what this guy was probably doing, he was trying to extend, like many people do, like many crashes happen because of this. He's probably trying to extend his glide, so he keeps pulling back on the stick. When you pull back on the stick, you lower the airspeed. When you lower the airspeed, you have less lift. I mean, you have to pull back further, increase the angle of attack so you have more airflow over the wings. But there comes a point when you're not really presenting the wings at a larger angle to the air. You're pretty much just presenting the bottom of the plane. And at this point, you're just getting drag. That's when you stall. You crash. So the other thing about dealing with an engine failure is you're supposed to fly at the best glide speed, VG, best lift over drag ratio, meaning you'll get the farthest distance. Because if you fly any faster than this, you get more drag from parasitic drag. If you fly slower than this, you get more drag because of induced drag. So the way you're going to get the farthest, you have a speed in your manual for the best glide ratio for the airplane, where you get the most lift and the least drag. And, you know, if if you don't fly that speed, you're not going to get as far. And a lot of people fail to remember that. Like, the first thing that you're supposed to do in an engine failure, the ABCs of an engine failure, is airspeed for best glide. Because that's going to get you the most time in the air, the most area to get a place to land. Now, something you're supposed to do when you're fl- anytime you're flying, and I'm guilty of this as well sometimes, you're always supposed to be looking for best place to land in case of an emergency. Now, most people, you know, if everything's good and well, they're not really doing this. One thing in this bum news story said that, oh, experiencing engine troubles when they left... I don't know if they were going back to the airport or trying to continue on, but if you're already having engine problems and you're trying to nurse it back to the airport, you should definitely be looking for a place to land if you know that an engine failure is imminent. Why, so you should already have it in mind, something within colliding distance that you can get to. And, you know, crowded or not, be damned. Get the plane on the ground because it's going to cause a plane on the ground is less dangerous than a plane in the air. Because a plane in the air has so many other things that can happen with it as it comes down to the ground. A plane on the ground is just a car with wings. So that's my take on that. Um, I love how... So I was thinking through this the first time I recorded this. This time now I'm trying to remember all the stuff that I said. So I'm doing it a lot faster. Which means all the stuff I just told you guys took me a lot, like five whole minutes longer the first time. I'm pretty sure unless I forgot something. Uh, let's see, I ripped on the Sun Sentinel for being not journalistic, you know, I don't, okay, did they get stories that capture people's attention? Yes, but did they give anything of value? Not really, they just did another number on scaring the general public and talking about how many crashes have happened out of North Perry, and, you know, that really makes the public feel good about airplanes and air travel. Uh, basically, once again, the Sun Sentinel is doing a disservice to the industry. Just like, you know, I don't know, the NTSB hasn't done a report yet, but I would almost bet on saying the pilot did similar. Because, again, if you have a... I, it, it looks like an engine failure and then a stall when trying to make an emergency landing. So, improper procedures on the part of the pilot and probably improper maintenance on the part of the company, m- you know, one of those two things led to an engine failure and then the... Imp- 
proper procedure led to a stall. And, you know, but again, I can't say that for certain. I'm not going to say that I know anything for certain until the NTSB says something. But that is, like I said, I think that there could have been walking away, everybody still alive, just with property damage, in my opinion. Sun Sentinel interviewing complete randos and putting out a story that's incomplete. Like I said, they're like, we don't know who owns the plane. Again, where's your aviation experts? Like, you're supposed to be the premier news source in South Florida, and you don't have aviation experts, even though you're clearly, you're saying, oh, there have been 20 plane crashes in North Perry. Well, if that's such a hot topic, then why don't you have people in your um, staff that know aviation? Poor excuse for journalism. Incomplete story with bad witnesses, nothing of value, but that's just my professional opinion. So, yeah, I'm not I was not happy walking away from that news story uh both on the part of how it was represented by the source nor how what actually happened. Both of them were they could have been done better. So, that's just me turning into your average podcaster there discussing the news and giving you my hot take on it. Brought to you by Sprint. No, Anheuser-Busch should sponsor me at this point because I've been telling everybody about this promo with the beer and trying to get them to get it because, yo, $3 case of beer. That's awesome. That's like 20 cents a can or something. I don't even know. I didn't do the math because I'm dumb. But uh, what else did we... I thought there was more stuff for me to tell you. Maybe it's just because it... Maybe it's just because I did it so fast the first time. So instead, I'm just going to let you guys go, and I will see you tomorrow. Have a good one. Peace.